This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 30th of September 2021. And Norman, we are not the only people in this country who scrutinise the numbers every day and try to get a sense of whether they're going up or down and whether the hospitalisation rate's looking better or worse. And today I thought it would be good if we could just take stock of where we are in Australia and perhaps if you step this way and I take the veil off my crystal ball, Mm. insert magical music here, maybe we could have a look in it and see what might be coming down the pike for especially New South Wales and Victoria in the outbreaks that are happening there. So let's just start by looking at where we're at with hospitalisations because that's what we've been told to look at. And in fact, the peak in hospitalisations appears to have occurred, at least so far, in, that, in, the, in the wave that we're dealing with now, around about the third week in September. And what was predicted actually was that a peak in cases um, was was around about the third of week in September, but we've actually got a peak in hospitalisations, and it's gently going down since then. I mean, it's still for this is in New South Wales specifically. This is in New South Wales, so it's still you know up in the nine hundreds in hospital, over a hundred in ICU, and over a hundred being ventilated. If you contra- contrast that to Victoria, and we'll come back to what this means for opening up in a minute, with your crystal ball, hospitalisations are still going up in Victoria. And they're lower than New South Wales, which is what you'd expect, because so far the case numbers are lower. But they're they're going up pretty steeply in Victoria, 300-odd, getting towards 300, around 300, 20-odd in ICU, 61 ventilated. So that's moving upwards in uh, in Victoria, although they do seem to have small, smaller ICU numbers proportionately to the numbers. Uh, Queensland's got a few people in hospital and most of the other states don't have anybody in hospital. So what happens next? That's the key because it does depend on cases. So cases do seem to have come over the top in New South Wales and going down. So the the RF, which is the effective reproduction number, is below one, which is what we need to see for the epidemic to be going downwards. So that's happening. The RF in Victoria is pretty stubborn and it's about 1.2, which is probably about roughly where it was in New South Wales with that number of cases. And that means exponential growth. And it's, it's been exponential growth now for quite some time, even though the graph only fairly recently has gone up to be quite steep. So you'd expect hospitalizations to keep on rising in Victoria and um, and it's tracking behind New South Wales. So is it going to end up just looking like two curves, the same shape and the same size, but just a few weeks apart? You'd have to assume that, that as Victoria gets to the same level of vaccination as New South Wales is has been at that level of the pandemic, you'll start to see the curve bending downwards. So that's that would be the assumption. Well, with vaccination rates, New South Wales is looking like it's maybe going to reach 90% of I think it's 16 plus first doses next week, which is pretty cool because a lot of other countries have sort of had big surges in vaccine uptake and then it sort of peters out a certain stage, often much lower than 90%. Yes, much lower than 90%. And we've got rapidly increasing rates of immunisation in 12 to 15-year-olds. So the possibility there is that we get to 90% 12 plus, not just 16 plus, which would be an amazing and probably world-beating Result is you hard push to find many countries of the size of Australia reaching that sort of level. The question in New South Wales and for Victorians is opening up. So if they open up in New South Wales at seventy percent, 
the Premier is predicting a spike in cases, and she's saying quite a big spike in cases, which is quite likely because there's a lot of people unvaccinated at 70% double coverage. It's about 40% of the population. So the question then is, you're seeing declining hospitalizations at the moment. If you get a spike in cases, you're likely to see an increase in hospitalizations. And this is where it's just really hard to predict. But the crystal ball's right in front of you, Norman. Can't you just look into it and see? Well, I'm thinking that you abandon models at this point. So the models tell you that it, that it could be really bad, and that's what you've got to prepare for. And we talked about it on Monday's health report, how bad it could get. Mm. So you've got to prepare for this getting really bad because there's a lot of people unvaccinated, and you could get a very big surge of people coming into hospital. But it's this 90% number that you just quoted and the rapid increase in immunisation that could just begin to head it off because it's only a few days behind 70% that we get to 80%. And then it's only a couple of weeks before we get to 85 and maybe 90%. So it's possible that vaccination really blunts this hospitalisation because the magic word here is decoupling. Can you get to low hospitalizations? Even though you've got high case numbers. Yeah, that's right. So what you're seeing in the UK is, despite the fact that they opened up and had a Freedom Day, they've, they had a bad couple of months, but now hospitalizations are pretty low, relatively speaking. It's still a lot, but relatively speaking, for the size of the pandemic, relatively low. Alberta, on the other hand, in Canada, it's a really bad situation where they opened up too quickly, and their hospital system is just being overwhelmed. And those are the two extremes here. And then we're watching closely what's happening in Denmark and Norway when they opened up at roughly the same time as we're thinking of opening up more, which is around about 80%. So we're going to be able to see Denmark a little bit sooner than New South Wales opens up and see what's happening there. I suspect what's going to happen for what it's worth, what does it matter, what I suspect, is that New South Wales will get away with it and the cases will go up and hospitalizations will either stay the same or go down because vaccination has been so widespread. The problem is it's not good in Aboriginal communities and it's not good in some parts of Southwest and Western Sydney. And therefore, and that, there are a lot of people there, and so you get a lot of people who are unvaccinated, being infected and getting seriously ill. And complicated on that is you've got people in residential aged care who got their immunisation six months ago and it's starting to tail off and whether or not you're going to start seeing some breakthrough from residential aged care. So there's lots of risk in the system here, but vaccination and judicious maintenance of measures such as QR codes, contact tracing to the extent that you can, and masks indoors, that could well blunt the effect of this. But as you open up at 70%, even to a smallish extent, and it's not that small in New South Wales, you know, you can go to the bar, you can go to a pub, you've got to be sitting down, you've got to be socially isolated, you've got to be separated by one point five metres and all that sort of thing. But it's still an opening up, and it's going to be very hard to maintain adherence. And it could just lose control. Well, we talk a lot about New South Wales and Victoria. And the reason for that is because this is a podcast about the coronavirus. And those are the places in Australia where the coronavirus is at largest numbers at the moment. But South Australians have been writing in. They're still listening too. And they'd love a bit of a shout out from us, Norman. 
Hi, South Australia. How are you going? Nice to hear from you. Could you catch up, please, on vaccinations? You're still not great on vaccination rates. They're doing okay. They're, they're at 63% or 64% of first doses in at 12 and over. And in people aged over 70, they're over the 70% mark, which, yeah, I think not as good as some of the places in Australia, but but uh, but getting there. Getting there. So you know, here's a shout out for South Australians. Bear those arms. Get vaccinated. I can't wait for the day when we can say that Australia-wide we're at that 90% mark, Norman. Yeah, because I'd quite like to go to South Australia. I like South Australia. And Norman, a question from David, who's actually asking a question that a lot of people wanted some clarification on. on in Monday's episode, we were talking about a preprint paper about vaccine effectiveness, specifically about the vaccine's ability to protect us against any infection at all, not even symptoms, which is what most of those studies have looked at that we've talked about in the past. And we talked about Pfizer's efficacy waning somewhat. And we used some numbers that got people a bit confused. Can we just recap on what we know about how much Pfizer Pfizer wanes in terms of efficacy against any infection at all. So let's just be clear, Tegan, what we're talking about here. We're talking about the absolute protection you get from the vaccine against a virus. The virus comes into your body, you're vaccinated, and it says, piss off virus, go away, I'm fully vaccinated. Okay, that's what we're talking about here. Regardless of whether you get symptoms, you don't even get the chance to get symptoms, it sends the virus off. So what's the effectiveness of the vaccine there? You haven't got, you know, you don't even get to hospitalisation or whether you've got a runny nose or not. You're telling the virus to go away. I could be ruder about this, <laughs> but you're telling the virus to go away. That's what we're talking about. So the ability of Pfizer to tell the virus to go away, I just want to talk about Pfizer because Pfizer is the one that really declines rather than Astra. The ability of Pfizer to tell you to go away is about 90%. Um, so it's almost 100% in the first month if you're young. So most people, the vast majority of people who um, get Pfizer, who are young, uh, one month later, they're telling the virus 90% of the time to go away. The way it declines, the way it wanes is six months later, it's only telling the virus to go away 30% of the time or thereabouts. And so the virus gets in 70% of the time. Whether it causes symptoms, blah, 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 is another matter, but it's less severe disease, less likely to get into hospital once it gets in. But we're just talking about this force field that goes around you with the vaccine. So it's a big force field month one, and it's about a third the force of the force field month six. And with Astra, it either doesn't decline at all or it stays about the same at around about 60 or 70% force field. And so when we're talking about the other types of ways that the virus could affect you if you're vaccinated, so perhaps you get less severe disease or you, you're not going to die from it, we're not really looking at those metrics in this study. No, no. And the evidence is that it's still pretty good protection, even though it lets the virus in. 10% to begin with, 70% of the time to, after six months, lets the virus in. It's still pretty good protection against it getting much worse for you after that. That still sounds like pretty good news to me. I think it is. And Roger's written in, Roger was the person who was keen to get back to the public pool and was worried about people with COVID breathing out into the water. And he said, a quick, huge thank you for answering my swimming pool question today so quickly. Apologise for missing this info in March last year. Well, even if you'd heard it, Roger, no one could blame you for not remembering. Roger had his first swim this morning and tried to reduce the amount of water he breathed in. So that's, that's healthy on a lot of different levels. You're a better swimmer than me, Roger. I'd be <laughs> drowning in it.
Well, that's everything for today's CoronaCast. But if you have a question or a comment or, I don't know, just other thoughts at all, if you're in a state that isn't South Australia and you want to shout out, let us know, abc.net.au slash CoronaCast. And I hesitate to say this, but tomorrow is Quick Fire Friday. Is it? Will we, will we get to it or won't we? Let's see. See you tomorrow. See you then. <laughs> 